0: Hi, and welcome back to, to F3, another exciting fireside chat uh, coming right your way right now. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm the executive publisher here at FreightWaves. And joining me right now is Adam Campaign from Project 44. He's a senior vice president of product marketing and supply chain insight. Thank you for joining us today, Adam. Thanks, Kevin. Good to be here. Perfect. Right, let's jump right into it and, and talk about what everyone's talking about. It's, it's hitting the mainstream news. It's making supply chain uh, sexy again, I suppose. And that is capacity constraints, especially on the, the ocean, the maritime shipping. We have uh, 70, 80, depending on what day it is, uh, ships uh, anchored out at, in San Pedro Bay. Uh, They're in Southern California, and Project 44 is in the business of visibility.
1: Yeah, that's right. And and I think you're right. Starting off talking about what's going on now, I mean, I think at this point, everyone knows there is a massive issue in global supply chains. I think at the root of it, though, what we're seeing, Kevin, is supply chain has always been pretty uh, fragile. And what's happened over the past few years, and particularly this year, is the demand for goods globally and the spending on e-commerce, et cetera, has far out paced the supply chain's capacity to perform. And yes, we're seeing you know, those challenges and those bottlenecks happening in LA Long Beach. But just last week, Project 44 data kind of highlighted even challenges over in Felixstowe, which is one of the largest ports uh, out of the UK and in Europe. So this is a global ripple effect. I'll pause there.
0: though. It, it is a global ripple effect. And you, you stated, and you're exactly right, it's a delicate balance, uh, the the more efficient a supply chain is, the more fragile it, it is. Uh, little swings in supply and demand can create uh, years like we're seeing right now in, in 2021 and probably into 2022. And it started in 2020. And because we have demand and supply uh, constraints uh, going in, in very efficient supply chains, very process oriented, and disruptions disruptions into the system that we're seeing right now is is call it causing havoc. Um, how does how does data kind of play a role in in that delicate dance between demand and supply?
1: Yeah, sure. So you know, if we back up a little bit, I think over the past few decades, the supply chain has built larger capacity into the system. I'm talking about literally larger ships, larger port infrastructure, larger warehousing footprints, etc. And that has been able to take on a lot of the slack and, and challenge we're facing today. But what's happened is, especially with the rise of e-commerce, as I mentioned before, it's far outstripped the capacity we have. And so that's a real big constraint. Now, the way data enters this is there's really two sides of the equation. Um, you can operate more efficiently, literally using brute force, operational techniques, you know, manual hands to move freight in different ways. But at the same time, as we saw when Biden kind of Opened up the port for uh, for you know twenty four hour um, operations in at least LA Long Beach, there still wasn't just pure flow moving through. The reason for that is because how you utilize these assets. We're talking about you know the labor to drive trucks, the chassis that these shipping containers go on to move inland to uh, inland rail, uh, inland ramps, etc. Utilizing those assets is a tricky uh, tricky challenge. and so, in addition to kind of using brute force, you have to actually have better and smarter information at your fingertips. that's a, a big part of this visibility category that project forty four is the leader in. It's not just you know operating more efficiently as a carrier or a three pL or a partner, but ensuring that the frontline logistics professionals, these men and women around the world have the right information and right insights at their fingertips because At the end of the day, every decision they're making relies on some some piece of information or some data. And having the clarity, the accuracy, the timeliness of that information can make the difference uh, for a large retailer, supplier, or manufacturer to thwart some of the issues, see that on a more predictive uh, basis, and be able to dynamically adapt for the kinds of challenges that we're seeing. So, to me, and I think to to many out there, it's really a two sided equation of both having the data and software tools, as well as having uh, your partners that you rely on from a logistics service provider perspective operate more efficiently. Does, it, does that make
0: sense? It, it does, and you speak about d- data, and also earlier, you were talking about e-commerce. I mean, that's been a, a big disruptor. I, did, I didn't mention it, but you did on, on the supply chain uh, over the last 18 months, right? So, since the lockdowns, uh, shelter shelter at home, uh, you know, you see the spike of, of e-commerce where we're drawn trends from, you know, six-year trends down to just six months. And and the data needs and visibility needs changes dramatically once we ramp up that surge in e-commerce spending, delivery, distribution, that, that part of the supply chain, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, there, there was this rise, I think, at the start of COVID, especially in lockdown, people ordering more. Things online, the difference is that that slowdown or that increase in spending just didn't cease. Um, this seems to be a little bit new order of the world. And I don't think many out there are predicting that e commerce is falling. In fact, it's only increasing. I think kind of the hidden challenge here is that many companies, whether you're in an e commerce direct to consumer business or you're even in the most industrial of suppliers, that, that consumer effect, that demand for immediate product being delivered with high transparency, has rippled across all supply chains. The challenge here is that the things businesses are now doing to differentiate themselves from competition actually is putting more strain on the supply chain. So you can imagine an industrial supplier distributing raw material into a CPG manufacturer, they too want products immediately And and again, with that more transparency and the lengths that these supply chains are going through to make that happen, as I'm mentioning, are are putting strains on the supply chain. It's challenging these operators to to work in a way that they never had to before. And so I think the misconception people have is it's not that supply chains are any, any necessarily worse than they were years ago. It's that the demands are different and so high that supply chains are finding themselves in an entirely new game. And as a result of that mismatch, they're finding themselves needing new tools that they haven't really had in their hands before.
0: Adam, do you think the the, the new game or the the, the new trend that they we're seeing right now is that sustainable? Is that something that is the the new normal? You know, that's an overused phrase in, in a lot of ways. But are we in a, a new normal of supply chain, uh, supply and demand, and kind of uh, re reorganize reorganize reorganizing that delicate dance between um, efficiency and fragility and robust? I think we are.
1: And and the reason for that is because the customer is what drives the supply chain, right? The demands and the needs of the customer is what's going to um, whipsaw the supply chain if it needs to happen. Again, I don't think consumer demand is decreasing and getting more lax. Likewise, I don't think uh, B2B enterprise customer demand is getting more lax. And, you know, people forget there have been supply chain disruptions, you know, since supply chain was invented. We are seeing more black swan events these days because of of how little the margin is now between total demand or, or uh, the flow of inventory and the capacity that the supply chain has. But no, my simple answer is it's not going to get easier. What is getting easier, though, is these enterprises access to software and tools that makes them more resilient because they're more agile. If you look at a, a, a vendor like Project 44 or kind of leading the magic quadrant in real-time transportation and visibility, our large, almost our holistic purpose is ensuring that companies have the access to information that they need through a large network of transportation data. Um, beyond that is a platform that uses the best of AI and machine learning to make sense of information about global supply chain movements then above that, there's a set of APIs as well as front-end applications that frontline logistics providers as well as their shipper customers can use to be more adaptive. I'll give you an example. You know, Typically, supply chains will plan for how their freight and inventory moves from origin factory to destination door six months you know, in advance. Sometimes businesses do this once a year. And you can imagine if you plan for how long it might take goods to go across the world once a year and you know how dynamic the supply chains are as the days and weeks go by, that could be a challenge. Tools like this are putting more dynamic planning capabilities in customers' hands from, again, origin factory all the way to the last mile. Um, I I could speak a little bit more about retail season and the investments at least a company like ours are making to make that possible, but I'll kind of couch it with that.
0: Yeah. Do do you think that over the next 10 years we're going to see that See the skills, supply chain skills in the executive suite. I, we've gone through phases where it's marketing focused, where it's financial engineering focused. Are we now looking at the next few years, maybe next decade or so, of a trend of supply chain focus with the dual with the tools, new technologies, new data sources uh, coming on on online right now? Or are we going to see executive suites? focus in on supply chain and making that a priority uh, and and creating competitive advantages around that?
1: Yeah, I think that's already happening. I see a couple of trends going on as we speak to executives around the world that rely on, on Project 44. First and foremost is you see the merging of supply chain and customer experience. There are numerous supply chain executives out there that actually have customer experience in their title. That's because a lot of businesses are waking up to the fact that Supply chain really is their customer experience. I mean, if you're an industrial supplier, you're a direct-to-consumer brand, the way you get goods into customers' hands, there's no other way to do it than operating through the supply chain. So we see a merging of those two initiatives and customer experience uh, rising in importance because that customer demand is so high. That's number one. Number two, what we see is um, CEOs, like you're, you're alluding to, shining a spotlight on supply chain. You know, for decades, supply chain has often been the back office, the forgotten cost center. Now, due to Amazon and other companies proving otherwise, supply chain actually can make competitive differentiation and make all the difference. And so executives around the world are asking and uh, really pushing supply chains to provide that competitive differentiation. The third thing that we see is sustainability. I mean, this is huge, and particularly in Europe, where right? I think actually that region is leading over North America. But we're even seeing the uh, merging between supply chain and and chief sustainability officer roles and titles, ensuring that we're not only delivering on time against customer expectations, but we're also doing it in a sustainable way. Um, I know at Project 44, we have very large ambitions around the space and putting it as a primary objective and and investment area to ensure that we're helping enterprise customers in this way and improve their own sustainability given supply chain accounts for so much of the world's carbon emissions.
0: So we're set up, uh, you know, in, in the long term to be more supply chain focused. What about the short term? What's your outlook for the, the holiday season? Retailers, what are you hearing out in the marketplace for the the final days of, or the final quarter of 2021, headed into 2022? Yeah, it's it's going to be
1: challenging. I mean, you know, there are news headlines all over about this. Uh,
0: and it's really due to the same
1: effects we've talked about. You think about the amount of vessels, I think Project 44 data last time I looked showed, yeah, upwards of about 70 vessels sitting off the post, uh, the, off the port of LA Long Beach. Again, this is rippling through the global supply chain, Felix go and in, in the UK I mentioned, um, and other delays elsewhere. It's going to result in challenges for retailers. Now, a lot of this inventory and goods that people want for the holiday season are pre-positioned and ordered in advance. At the same time, it's going to be challenging. I don't think there should be you know, insane panic. There will be goods on the store shelves for Black Friday and things like that. But it absolutely is going to be a challenge. So much, I mean, our company at least made a quarter billion dollar investment in this space, purchasing one of the last mile uh, visibility leaders called Convey just uh, just a few months ago. The purpose of this is to ensure at the highest level supply chains have, end-to-end in their fingertips at one screen, the ability to not only see where in, uh, inventory and goods are, but make that transparent to their customers. There's an interesting statistic, statistic if you look at last mile delivery research that says when a retailer has an issue or a delay with product, the consumer actually rates that brand higher when that issue is resolved appropriately and proactively, and rating it, rating that company even higher than if there was no issue at all. So that shows you the power of having a supply chain that, even when it's constrained, if it resolves issues and, and does things in a proactive way, can actually improve that brand goodwill. So those are the kind of investments we're seeing and we're personally making. Um, but it's going to be a hard holiday season, and I think this will certainly last. You know, well into
0: 2022. I, I agree with that. I think it will last well into 2022, and it's all about the customer experience. So the, the reason why businesses exist and, and they get the tools they need, whether supply chain, marketing, what have you, it's all for the the, the customer experience. Uh, Project 44 has been. Uh, you guys have been uh, publishing some some really great data, aggregate data out. Where does our audience go to to check some of that out?
1: Yeah, sure. So you could, uh, come to project44.com or simply Google. There's a Project 44 Supply Chain Insights page where we're, uh, we have a team live, you know, uh, working on our data, putting it out there for customers to get insight on and reports of a particular kind, but also live published statistics about what's going on so that we can help inform not just, you know, everyday consumers, but the brands, uh, that consumers rely on. So happy to share that information with the world.
0: Project 44 is publishing some, some great free resources. I check it out daily, uh, the, the aggregate data that, that you guys are doing. Uh, Adam, thanks so much for, for joining us here at F3.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Kevin. Uh, on behalf of Project 44, we appreciate
0: the opportunity. Always a pleasure. Uh, everyone else, our audience, stay tuned for some great action here at F3.